Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. We have been in Psalm 23 since the beginning of 2023. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm going to preach this morning a message entitled, Because He is with me, I enjoy His supply. I need you to say that to about three people around you. Because He is with me, I enjoy His supply. Just remain standing. I want to read this from the Message Bible, and then you can be seated. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Because he is with me, I enjoy his supply. I need you to tell three people one more time, it's on in the building today. It's on in the building today. Now the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Before you sit down, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Come on. Bless your name, Lord. Give them a high five and then you may be seated. God bless you today. Thank you for being in church. Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 10 is where we will take our text for this morning. As I was preparing today, I asked the Lord to touch you in a powerful way, in a prolific way, and to reveal to you a prophetic future that you feel security in, that you understand is directed by His sovereignty, and one in which He supplies all of your needs. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 10 says, the Apostle Paul writing, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Sound like a pastor. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this, listen carefully, because I am in need. For I have learned to be content. I have learned. I've been to school on it. To be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. Can we say that together? I know what it is to be in need. And then he says, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any 
and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do this through him who gives me strength. But verse 14 says, yet it was good for you to share in my trouble. <laughs> Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once, here it is again, when I was in need. Thank you, Vicki. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. Listen to this apostle. I am amply supplied. Say the word supplied. Not that I have received, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Here you go. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. There is one theologian that said concerning this particular epistle to the church at Philippi, that it describes the Christian experience in a prolific way. In essence, Paul doesn't write to the Philippians about just what they are doing, but he writes to this church and commends them and thanks them for how they are doing it. Not just what you are doing, but how you are doing it. And the apostle sends a letter of thanksgiving to them. The King James Version renders verse 19 like this. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory, in glory by Christ Jesus. I read this this morning and I thought I'd share it with you. There was an elderly woman that was praying she would ask in God for help. And she prayed, oh Lord, I desperately need $100. Please send me $100. Her praying became very intense and loud. She must have been Pentecostal. Lord, I'm pleading with you. Please send me that $100. Her window was slightly ajar and a man passing by heard her and was deeply moved. He stopped on the sidewalk just outside her house, took out his billfold. All he had to his name was $50, but he was determined to give it to her. He knocked on the door and when she answered, he said, ma'am, I'm a member of the local Baptist church. And the Lord told me to give you this money. She thanked him and he went his way and 
she went back to her knees and she prayed, Lord, thank you for answering my prayer. But next time, please don't send it by a Baptist. He kept half of it. Maybe she just wished for $100. And <clears throat> she really only needed 50. At any rate, God is the one who supplies our need. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Have you ever prayed for 100 and got 50? Have you ever prayed for one thing and got half of what you asked for? My God shall supply all your need. As I was preparing for this, my mind went to just entrepreneurship, just business. And I thought of the idea of supply and demand. You see, supply is the amount there is of something. That is supply, the amount of product or the amount of service. Demand is how much the people want it. <clears throat> supply is the amount there is of something. Demand is how bad the people want it. You can have an amazing supply of something, but if there's no need, for what you supply, you will eventually go out of business. Blockbusters went out of business because they had a supply of what was needed and not a supply of what is needed. The supplier is always at the demand or the supplier is always at the mercy, I should say, of the demander. The supplier is always at the mercy of the demander. Even preachers can have more than an ample supply of revelation from a word that God has given them for the people. But if they are not hungry, the preacher will leave full and they will leave empty. Jesus said, blessed are the hungry. The demand. They shall be filled. The supply. The word supply here in the Greek means to fill to fulfill, or to refill. And I'm here to tell you that God is ready to supply not some of your need, but all. Somebody shout all. All of your need. Your need for identity, He is here to supply it. Your need for purpose, he is here to supply it. Your need for acceptance, He is here to supply it. Your need for purpose and provision,
He is here to supply it. God is a God that supplies all your need. Your emotional need, your physical need, your financial need, any need that you may have, God is here to supply that need. It is the hunger of the people, the demand from the people that draws the anointing out of the preacher. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the oil stopped when the demand stopped. I've learned something. The anointing is always looking for receptivity. The anointing is always on the search for something that is hungry to receive from it. And when the need is not there, when the demand is not there, when the hunger is not there, the oil can't flow. So I'm here to ask you, is there any hungry people in the building? Is there anybody ready to put a demand on heaven? Even God himself, even God himself, who has all power, all peace, all healing, all wisdom, all might, who can provide whatever is needed, whenever it is needed, will not supply anything to a place or a people that do not desire it and express a need for it. Maybe I should read that one more again. Even God himself, who has all power, all peace, all healing, all wisdom, all might, who can provide whatever is needed, whenever it is needed, will not supply anything to a place or people that do not desire it and express a need for it. I need thee, oh, I need thee, not some hours, but every hour, I need thee every moment, every second of every day, I realize that I need you. Provision is a powerful thing. Provision is a powerful thing. There is an expectation of providers. An expectation for Providers, an expectation from providers. Paul writes his son Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 8. And he says, if any man does not provide for his household, he is worse off than an infidel or an unbeliever. If any man does not what? Provide. There's an expectation of providers. I believe God loves to provide for us. Do you see there's a satisfaction that comes from being a provider? Men take pride in their ability to provide for their family. Now I'm talking about real men. I'm not talking about all men. To my real men. Real men love to provide for their family. 
They take pride in knowing that I am bringing home enough to provide. It might not be all I want, but I'm providing for my family. We may not be paying a mortgage. We may be paying rent, but I'm providing for my family. And I can tell you that a man, when that position is interfered with, by any entity, by any person or anything, he begins to get riled up in his heart because he never likes his position threatened by any outside source other than himself. If man is like that, if we as men feel that way, how do you think God feels when we run around here looking for provision from other places other than God himself? An example is sometimes, I was thinking about this as well, sometimes we have to be emptied of what we want in order to be filled with what we need. There's a difference in want and need. It does not say he will supply all your greed. There's a difference in what we want and what we need. Have you ever been to Bucky's? Talk to me if you've been to Bucky's. Lord have mercy. I have a confession to make you. I think you, all, you guys all know by now that I make a lot of trips to San Antonio. And I have flown so much in my life. I have flown more than you could ever imagine. And I've gotten to a place where I don't like flying. People are mean. They're all over each other. They're carrying certain and diverse diseases. And I like just to be in my truck. It's a good six and a half hours to eight hour drive and I can think and pray and clear my mind out. And listen to Hank Williams Jr. I mean Jesus Culture music and, <laughs> and enjoy myself. And I'll tell you, I never miss a Bucky's. I stop at the one in Denton or Fort Worth, whatever that is right there. I stop there. And then I get to Waco, and guess what? Stop again. I get to New Braunfels, which is only 30 minutes from the house, and guess what? So I stop again. I don't even need nothing. I just want to walk around Bucky's. I shake Bucky's hand. What's up, Bucky? Walk through Bucky's. I just feel secure when I'm in Bucky's. I feel like everything's going to be all right. It's almost like God owns Bucky's. <laughs> Bucky's is that all you need kind of store. If you need summer sausage, get it from Bucky's. Barbecue brisket, what have y'all bought from Bucky's? Just scream it out. Anything you. Toys for River. 
T-shirts, hats, from your belly to your head. Bucky's has it. Thank God for Bucky's. Now you say, Pastor Rick, what does that have to do with anything you're preaching? I'm about to tell you. Eighty percent of the time I'm on that drive, I've got my buddy with me. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit for all you spiritual people. He's always with me. It's not just in my truck. But Josh, y'all know Pastor Josh? Do you love Pastor Josh? Pastor Josh is always with me, sitting in the passenger seat. Meaning, I'm always driving. And he never offers to drive. I may have just lied from the pulpit, but for the sake of the story. But we make that drive a lot. We were on the way back last week. I guess it was last week, some time ago. And we went down and looked at some property. And by the way, that's coming along great in San Antonio. That church down there is about to get a new property, and it's a beautiful thing. But we're coming back, and we stopped at Bucky's. Hmm. Two reasons we stopped at Bucky's is number one, I was hungry. You ever been so hungry you was hangry? I was hangry. And we needed DEF fluid. You know what that is? The DEF stuff you put in your diesel truck? I have a lot to say about that, but I'll forego that. For all the green people in the building. We wanted food. We needed fluid. The DEF. We needed it. But we wanted food. Pastor Josh was driving and he was tired, oh so tired. <laughs> and I got out of the passenger side. And I walked around. I said, be sure to put the death fluid in, Josh. He said, I got you, Pastor. I said, man, I'm hungry. Me too. Look at that olive garden over there. We were both looking at the olive garden, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get the whole tour of Italy. I'm going to get lasagna. I'm going to get that salad with unlimited bread. I plan on hurting myself in the olive garden. And he's saying, man, I'm hungry too. Big old bags under his eyes. And here's Pastor Josh. And all of a sudden, he went, oh no. And I just looked at him like I'm looking at him right now. I said, no. No, 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 you didn't. He said, yes, sir, I did. I said, you did not. That's impossible. He said, no, sir, I, I, I did it. 
And he was looking at me like, I'm fired, forgotten. My life is over. And I'm looking at him like, you're fired. I'm going to forget you. Your life is over, bro. And when he pulled it back, I realized he had put the deaf fluid in the diesel tank. I still kind of scratched my neck over it. I said, Josh, what are you doing? He said, I, I can't believe, I just can't believe. It. So you know me, I started Googling, what happens You know what it says? Do not try. Do not even think about. You can Google it right now. I'm, this is verbatim. Do not try. Do not even think about starting your motor. Because if any of the fluid gets in your fuel lines, it crystallizes and it ruins your entire fuel system. If it gets in your engine, it destroys your engine. And to fix it is no less than $12,000. Josh, you need to thank God somebody loves you. I said, Josh, whatever you do, do not push the start button. We start calling people. Long story short, My truck had to be towed in all the way from Denton to Blanchard, Oklahoma. That devil is a lie. So you know what happened while we were there for 25 hours? It was really only about six, but it was long enough. <laughs> We went into Bucky's. I just walked around feeling God all over Bucky's. I said, God, I thank you for Josh. I thank you for all he has meant to me for all these years. Lord, I'm going to ask you to help him with his future, that you would bless him with a really good job and friends. And then we went over to Olive Garden. And I had the whole tour of Italy. What does that have to do with anything, Pastor Rick? When we place what we want in front of what we need, we fill ourselves with the wrong stuff. We wanted food. We needed fluid. We were distracted by the food and we got the wrong fluid. I'm going to say it again. If you keep putting what you want in front of what you need, you will keep filling yourself with stuff that has the potential to destroy you. You read Genesis chapter 22, 
The Bible tells us in verse number six that Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. You know the story. God tells Abraham to go and sacrifice the son you love. And he starts toward Mount Moriah. And in verse six, we pick up with Abraham taking the wood for the burnt offering. But guess where he placed it? On Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. And Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. And Abraham replied, yes, my son. And Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here. But where is what we need? Are y'all with me? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered his his son and said, God himself shall provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. We'll skip down to verse 13. Because now... Abraham has taken Isaac and tied him to the altar and he's being obedient to God. He raises the knife to slay his son doing exactly what God told him to do. And in verse 13, the Bible says, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, where was it? Behind him. A ram was caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. When you will do what God told you to do, when you will be obedient to the word of the Lord, I can stand here flat-footed and promise you that right at the very time of fulfillment, God will step in and give you exactly what you need. He needed a ram in order not to lose his son. Y'all not hearing me. Many of you need to get a revelation of what you need so you can keep what you want. But until you realize the necessity of needing something from God, you will never enjoy the desires of your heart. The Bible says in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes the supply seems like it's hiding. And I came by to tell you, It's not hiding. It's just busy being tied up. As Abraham is binding Isaac to the altar, God was binding the lamb in the thicket. Y'all just missed that. As Abraham is binding Isaac to the altar, God is binding the ram in the thicket. All that tossing and twisting And turning this going on in your life right now is securing your provision. And sometimes what you need is not in front of you. It's just behind you. Many times we get so busy peering into our futures that we forget what God said yesterday. Finally, and I'll be finished, 
If there is to be supply, there has to be a source. That's why the apostle Paul said, I'm sorry, I wouldn't go preach that day, but I feel it. That's why he said, my God. Sometimes you got to make this need thing personal. He had told them three times when I was in need. I know what it's like to be in need. He told them three times, you help me in my time of need. There is something about the principle of sowing and reaping. There is something about helping somebody else that you are helping yourself. There's something about giving to those in need that you're opening the door for God to supply your need. And he's telling them over and over, I am familiar with need. And every time I needed anything, I knew what church to go to in order to ask to help me in my time of what? Need. And now he said, you sown into me. And my God, not any God, but my, the one I serve, the one I believe, the one I worship, the one I praise, the one I have a relationship with, the one I trust, my God shall supply your need. If there is to be a supply, there has to be a source. One more story and I'm done. Matthew chapter 5, verses 22 through 34, you know the story, and I won't read it for the sake of time. There is a woman with an issue of blood that the Bible says she had spent all her living on physicians and could be healed of none. But verse number 27 says she heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I can get this need to that supply, if I can get my demand to that source, then what I need is going to be supplied by that touch. Can I submit something to you today? A song ain't going to heal you. A sermon ain't going to heal you. But there's a source alive and well in this building that can supply any need you may have. Could it be that we keep going to the wrong source trying to get our supply? Your husband can't meet all your needs, ma'am. And your wife cannot meet all your needs, sir. Here's the lesson from Mark 5. We must look at God as the source in order to enjoy his supply. If you put anything else as the source, you will always experience limited supply. If you put anything else, a relationship trying to satisfy a need in your life will help you temporarily but eternally, it cannot supply your need. We prohibit or limit the supply of God in our life when we do not perceive him as the only source. Say that again, Pastor Rick. 
We prohibit, prohibit or limit the supply of God in our life when we do not perceive him as the total source of our life. Realize that God is the source. If you get the faith, the conviction, the galvanized perception that God is your only source, then you'll never have a need that he can't supply. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6 says, Yet for us, there is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. For us. Everybody say for us. There is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. If you want the right supply, tap in to the right source. You know what I feel in this building right now? Just as I'm preaching and praying that there's a lot of people that have emotional needs that you think can't both be fulfilled and you, you feel like, man, you need another relationship, you need another situation because you're just not happy and you're just not satisfied with the way things are. So you'll run around trying to find somebody to fill that void and maybe they'll say the right things to you and give you the right amount of time and tell you how beautiful you are, how handsome you are and how smart you are. And how intelligent you are. And you're longing for those words of affirmation. Oh, just send somebody that will tell me that I'm all that with a bag of chips and dip on the side. I need it so bad. And you'll run the rest of your life. And they will never satisfy your, your need for acceptance and love. Unconditional love. There's only one source that can provide that to you. And that is God himself. You've been searching in all the wrong places and it's time for you to come to yourself and realize that God is the only answer that can meet every single one of your needs. If you believe that, jump on your feet and give God a great praise that he is your source. Psalm 16, 2, every good thing I have comes from you. Every good thing I have comes from you. Will you say that with me? Look up to God. Let's say it together. Every good thing I have comes from you. Well, that's powerful. Lift your hands. Look up and tell him again. Lord, every good thing. I have, I have comes from you. From you. With your hands lifted, tell him this, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me for, searching for searching for sources, for sources other, than you other than you to satisfy, to satisfy and, supply and supply my needs. I repent, I repent and I look to you and I say, my God shall supply, shall supply all, 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 all my, needs, my needs according to his riches, according to his riches in, glory in glory by Christ Jesus. Lift your hands and let me speak this over you. God is your only source. Amen. Lift those hands high and let me speak it over you. God is your only source. 
Everything else is a resource. God is your only source. Everything else is a resource. I have to say it over you again. I have to decree it one more time. God is your only source. Everything else is a resource that he uses to bless you. He's the same God. Man, I started reading this in Scripture, and I have to be honest with you. Pat, I started in Genesis, and I went through Revelation, and I'm just here to tell you, the Bible is built on this, supply and demand. It really is. The Bible is built on the premise of God has everything you need, and you need everything God is. That's the whole Bible. And I tell you, he's going to meet your needs today. You came in here, and I can tell you one thing we all brought with us. Need. Every one of us in this building brought need. Would you lift your hands? Father, you're the same God. Sing it, Jamie.